Hi, this is Jill Jarris. From September 2017 through April 2020, this podcast was known as Olympic Fever. We've since changed its name to keep the flame alive, but we're committed to keeping our back catalog available to you. So please keep the name change and this disclaimer in mind as you listen to it. Olympic is a trademark of the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee, or USOPC. Any use of Olympic in the Olympic Fever podcast is strictly for informational and commentary purposes. The Olympic Fever podcast is not an official podcast of the USOPC. The Olympic Fever podcast is not a sponsor of the USOPC, nor is Olympic Fever associated with or endorsed by the USOPC in any way. The content of Olympic Fever podcast does not reflect the opinions, standards, views, or policies of the USOPC, and the USOPC in no way warrants that content featured in Olympic Fever is accurate. Thanks for listening, and now on to the show. Oh, lightning round questions, that sounds interesting. Mesdames et messieurs, the greatest festival of our contemporary society the Olympic Games is about to begin. This is going to be close. Oh! You can do it! You can do it! Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant! But that is an Olympic champion. Ready? Hello and welcome to another episode of Olympic Fever, the podcast for Olympics fans. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co-host, Allison Brown. Allison, hello. How are you today? Boom, 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 <laughs> boom. I'm a human firework. <laughs> yeah. Happy Independence Day to those of you in the U.S. and to our uh, listeners in Canada. We hope you had a lovely Canada Day. It's an exciting week. You know what else was exciting? And you called it. After we taped our show, I did have some gelato with sprinkles, and the sprinkles made it all. The sprinkles make it a celebration. It was. Basically, I'm going to throw sprinkles on all my food now, and it'll be a party <laughs> all the time. Chicken with sprinkles. Oatmeal. Oh, oatmeal with sprinkles actually might be good. It might be good. But yeah. I mean, like, you could make, like, like, sprinkles out of other foods besides sugar. And call them sprinkles. Well, then what's so. the point? Oh, well. <laughs> You're missing the point here, Jill. But, you know, for 4th of July, we will be having some red, white, and blue sprinkles in my house. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Nice way to celebrate. Won't put it on the chicken. <laughs> uh, because it's a holiday, we're doing one of our lightning round episodes where we revisit some of our Team Olympic Fever members and hear what they have to say answer to a set number of questions that we have. So today we are featuring uh, sports psychologist Dr. Kristen Keim, uh, Laura Wilkinson, uh, who was a gold medalist diver, and it wouldn't be Independence Day without a little visit from our Team USA mom, Sherry Von Reason. So before we jump into that, we'd like to Welcome our newest listeners to the show, and thank you so much for tuning in and finding us. It it helps us a lot to have more people catch the fever as we get closer and closer to 2020, so tell a friend. We also like to welcome our newest patron, the dulcet tones of Jason Bryant, which is, oh, that was so nice of him. It's so nice that he supports the show so much, not just by giving us content, uh, but by also uh, 
supporting us financially you too can become a patron and because we estimate it takes about 20 to 25 hours to put together one episode so your financial support helps keep this show going so you can join jason and our other patrons at patreon.com slash fever and those sprinkles aren't going to pay for themselves we need the sugar rush to keep going <laughs> editing takes a surprisingly long time all right. First up, we have sports psychologist, Dr. Kristen Keim. As you remember, we talked to Kristen about uh, mental training. Take a listen. Lightning round. Anything else, Jill? Uh, no, but I, I do have a lightning round. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. We're going to do we're going to do the fun one because I just okay. want to know now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what is your first memory of the Olympics? Christy Yamaguchi. Ah. I was obsessed. Yes obsessed like did reports on her and then of course then I fell in love with Michelle Kwan and she's like my age and she's still like my idol and it's weird because she's like my age and I'm still just like stalker <laughs> on Instagram and everything yeah yeah so Christy Yamaguchi figures I was a dancer so before I became a professional cyclist I was actually like I mean I have an undergrad in dance performance so um so I just I, I was a soccer player tennis player so I was, always had this I, I would wish I lived in the, I was from South Carolina. So I wish I lived in a space where figure skating was popular. Cause I really think that I missed my calling, <laughs> <laughs> but I could be like Jonathan from queer eye and like, go teach myself now, I guess <laughs> you could, I mean, they do it. They have adult skate. <laughs> we um, have friends. Yeah. <laughs> Back email. <laughs> So in your work, when you're dealing with other sports that you have not participated in, is there a sport that has surprised you with, I don't even know how to say like, surprised you in how the athletes think, or you didn't realize those pressures were there or yeah, something like that? I'd say speed skating. I really? think I'm so shocked at how much they don't actually skate. It's so much more of trading for months and months and months off the ice. Interesting. I thought that was fascinating. And like, I mean, I, that's the cool thing is like, I, I love working with other sports, but mm -hmm. I do my homework. I mean, I'm, I'm very on top of it. Like I, I get all the books, I watch all the races. I mean, it, it's a challenge because I do not know speed skating, but they have all the same things as any top athlete. Mm -hmm. It's just the nuances. And for me, I think it's actually better that I'm not just in that field because it get, I think it gives me a you know, it brings a different lens to it because I'm able to look at it without any biases because I'm not fully immersed in that sport. So um, uh, speed skating was one that really, when I had some speed skaters I've worked with over the years, I thought was pretty fascinating that it's a lot, you know, very, yeah, I just did not realize how much training was actually not on the ice. Well, and diving as well, you know, they can't, they can't physically do a lot of the high diving. I mean, they would have concussions. So they do a lot of imagery and meditation where they just lie down and visualize their dives. And I'm like, oh my God. So I actually give that as an example when I'm trying to like get people to do more visualization in other sports. I'm like, think about divers. Like that actually is part of their specified training because they can't physically do as much diving dives to be Olympic level, you know? Interesting. So you've done tennis and soccer and cycling, but let's talk cycling. What's your favorite training exercise for cycling? Training exercise? Well, it, it depends. So I, I work with road 
mountain bike and cycle cross and downhill. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I think with the mountain bike, I like that, you know, for them, it's so much more, I mean, you know, they're, they're riding over rocks, throwing their bikes down these mountains and stuff, you know, so for downhill, I feel like it's interesting because I think a lot of people look at downhill mountain biking as like, Oh, super rad. And like these guys are just, and women are just kind of like being cool. And those are some of the most type A perfectionistic people, because think about it. You have to be very focused for, you know, two minutes of throwing your body down a mountain. Like literally that's your job is to throw your body down a mountain on a bicycle as fast as you can. And so for me, I just love how the fear around that and like how a hesitation and one second makes, you know, that's, that's the difference between first and 10th right? Milliseconds and stuff. Um, and so I love um, working with athletes around their skills, but how they think it's like they don't have skills. And I'm like, actually, no, it's more about you perfecting or, you know, trying to do your skills at speed. Right. And then we, fi- we figured out, so I've kind of been an I- ideology change with a lot of my top athletes that, you know, instead of saying you need to work on your skills, you've got skills, you wouldn't be at the Olympics. Right. It's that there's something about the speed at which you're doing those skills. So that's something I really have loved about the cycling. And I didn't race mountain bike. I have one because I live in Washington state. And that's actually helped me in my job too, is like, now I really know what it feels like to, and I'm like, man, I give y'all way more props. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all make that look so easy. (laughs) Not that I need to go throw myself in every sport, but that's actually been pretty fascinating journey of myself. I'm like, Ooh, 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 I, now I kind of get what kind of, you know, fear response they have, you know, um, which is cool. I mean, it's kind of the perk of the job. So I think we know the answer to this one, but what sport would you compete in or, or coach that you haven't competed in? Mm, Yeah, probably mountain biking. (laughs) (laughs) See, I thought you were going to say figure skating. Yeah, I thought you were going to say skating. Yeah, no, probably mountain biking now because I actually think in retrospect, I probably would have been better at the mountain biking than the road cycling. Um, Now that I just kind of know my lens because I love the kind of scientific lens. But yes, I mean, it it would be a tie between the figure skating and the mountain biking now. So yeah, I'm not gonna forget the mountain bike. I mean, the figure skating, cause yeah, I can tell you last Olympics, it was just like the world centered around all figure dance. Well, <laughs> dance though, that would probably be the one. I don't know, not about, I don't know about the, yeah, cause now it's just jumping for the mm-hmm. women. It must be crazy. So I'd probably stick with the dance cause at least there's more skating. <laughs> My own biases. I hear you. Uh, do you have a favorite Olympics? Ooh, bias of uh, Rio because I went there. <laughs> oh, what were you what, in, in what in what capacity? Um, I had mountain bike, road, and triathlon athletes. Wow. Yeah. I'll I'll hopefully be going to Tokyo as well. So okay, so yeah, then and my sister came along, so it was super fun. <laughs> oh man, okay, so like you better have athletes going to Tokyo. <laughs> so. What did you do in your – were you just, like, on call or – Yeah, kind of staying. It's more about the village. You know, okay. the athlete just wanted me to be there, you know. Okay. Um, and, and you know, and I think that was just that beautiful journey that, you know, I've been working with, the you know, one athlete for 10 years and the other for, you know, enough time that it was just, you know, why why would I, why would I not have you come and share in this experience? And um, 
you know, it was wonderful for me. And I, you know, I was, I was willing to, you know, I wanted to go more because I knew that I had a niche and that I already at that time had lots of athletes that were eyeing Tokyo or knew that they were at Rio and were going to plan on also going to Tokyo. Um, you know, I haven't done the winter sports yet. So that's something I still want to, you know, look into doing more in. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to say, Oh, I'm going to help you be an Olympian, but I've never actually, you know, for me, again, I'm really kind of that person who is biopsychosocial. So for, for me, I need to have gone there and understand really what it's like to be at the Olympics and everything that's involved with it. And, um, you know, so I'm trying to help my athletes now for Tokyo. I, again, I'm, I'm very real with them. I'm like, yeah, it ain't fun. It's really miserable that you're leading into it, even when you get to go, because again, you're still trying to compete. You're still trying to keep your qualification. But then, you know, the USOC and CBS are wanting you to fly and do all this stuff. And then you're trying to prepare for the Olympics. Right. You know, no one tells you about this. They're like, this is horrible. I'm like, yeah. So I'm just telling you now. Yeah, you know, if you're if you know, two years ago I was already preparing athletes for Tokyo. Wow. You know, so and I needed that experience though. I would have known that. I didn't go to Olympics. I wasn't that good. <laughs> Did you feel it different when you were there? Like like a different oh, buzz or half watching yes. NBC compared to being there? I'm like, oh that's just hilarious. <laughs> this is like <laughs> not what it, well, and I mean, you know, Rio is just its own challenges too. Mm -hmm. So I have more positive energy about Tokyo. We'll just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite souvenir that you brought home? Uh, the pins. Oh, and then I got, like, I had the credentials, like the official, like, uh... USA credentials, like, to get into the house. We were actually there before, I think, um, Vice President Biden came in or something like that, too. So that was cool, and I saw, like, all these movie stars at it. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> Man. Yeah, they're just cool, and you're like, oh, my God, totally follow this person on Twitter and Instagram. That's like a famous movie star. And you're just sitting there like not wanting to ask for an autograph, like just trying to be respectful, but then like trying to get your cell phone. Like <laughs> that was, that was pretty cool. And it's the other athletes. I mean, I'm just sitting there and we just have these amazing athletes and then your athletes there, but you know, my athletes obviously aren't at the level of like the, you know, being well known. Mm -hmm. So even they were, totally starstruck i mean i think that was for them more exciting is like getting in the athlete elevator with people that they like want to get their autograph with. And like, this is kind of weird We're both like here for the same thing but like you're the star <laughs> we so never get starstruck do we no no no, no never 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 i i i you know i i, I don't know if i really do but the the movie star thing did <laughs> kind of star start me a little oh, bit. Yeah, yeah, all right that is just way too cool. <laughs> and they're just there with the husband and kids at the olympics you know and i'm just like that is they're normal people too <laughs> thank you so much Kristen. it's always nice to hear from our guests again even though we we tape this with the the interview but it's so much fun to go back and revisit this i i'd totally forgotten she was so into ice skating i had forgotten too the other thing i had forgotten was she talked about visualizing for diving <sighs> yes. and then laura wilkinson who we'll hear from in a little bit talked so much about that when she dove for her medal with her broken foot 
Yeah, that was so interesting to to hear that from, from two sides. So thank you, Kristen, for being on the show. And I also forgotten that she had gone to Rio so and is hoping to go to Tokyo. So I am hoping to meet her in person there. That would be great. Uh, we wanted to let you know that the test events are coming. This is what every international federation does is, is have an event at the Olympic venue before the Olympics start so they can get a feel for the venue and figure out anything that needs to be fixed. We talked about the modern pentathlon World Cup event that was in Tokyo this past weekend, and that turned out to be a test event. And Samantha Achterberg, our Team Olympic Fever modern pentathlete, she competed and she had squeaked in. Uh, she had, was the 36th athlete on a roster of 36 athletes to make this World Cup final. And we got her results, and she ended up in 22nd place. That's Which a is nice awesome. Jump there. That is a huge jump. And she did pretty well in fencing and had a pretty good time in swimming, but she got eighth place in the riding section. I know. She's been struggling with riding yes. all season. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And then her combined laser run, uh, she was 11th place overall. So nice. she really jumped up. That's a great way to end the season. Yeah, especially sets it, her up well for next year. Yeah, sets her up well for next year and in the venue where the Olympics will be. So you're yes. getting a feel for what's going to happen there. So, so, so proud of you, Sam. There are more test events coming up in uh, July, a lot more. So weightlifting, archery, surfing, road cycling, badminton, and uh, beach volleyball will all have test events in July. So we'll keep an eye out on those and uh, let you know what happens. But if you're interested in hearing more about the venues, check those out. You know, it's almost one year to Tokyo, so you're going to need some Olympic merchandise to be wearing. And what's better than an Olympic fever t-shirt or tank top? I don't know. I don't think anything's better. If you're catching the fever, show it to the world. Go to our merch site at olimfever.com and click on the, the merch link, or you can go straight to tpublic.com slash stores slash olimfever. And now because of Independence Day, we're going to have a chat from Team USA's mom, Sherry Von Reason. Take a listen. Lightning round. Uh, we'll jump into what we call the lightning round, which will be really quick questions. So what is your okay. first... What's your first memory of the Olympics? Boy, I just remember sitting on sitting and watching them on TV. But one of the ones that stand out, I don't know why, was Barcelona when they shot that arrow and lit the flame. Oh, yeah, that was fantastic. But <laughs> What is the best thing to eat at the OTC cafeteria? Oh, well, we've really changed the cafeteria up, and now it's healthy food, which, hey... I'm I'm like 73 years old. I'm used to the old food, and I look at it, and I went, this is the way we have to eat. We eat a lot of kale, a lot of fish, uh, a lot of tofu. And um, so it's learning how to adjust to that, but I love watching the fact that these athletes have colorful dishes, and we can offer up so many amazing colorful dishes that it's maybe sometimes not the best thing to eat, but it's the right thing to eat. And because of the nutritional values, and the dietitians we have, I've actually seen the athletes recover better. So I went, if, it's, if it does it for them, it'll do it for me. So I'm still learning how to eat that healthy food. <laughs> what is your favorite place on campus? My favorite place on campus is my office. 
my office is full of pictures, and well, it's a little cluttered. It's got all sorts of pictures of the athletes, stuff that they have given me. But this is the place where the athletes come in, shut the door, and share a lot of their stories and what they go through. So, and all of them have been, in one way or another, positive. We've worked through them. We've survived them. So, uh, this is this is my place that I enjoy the most. What Olympic sport would you do or coach if you could be an Olympian? <laughs> well, this is hard to believe. I am not an athlete. I've not, you know, I put my kids into sports. You then get married into the sport. I'm not a, a sport person. I'm a human story person. So let's say even Michael Phelps that I've known for since he was 15, I could not tell you what he swam. Lots of times when I go to competitions, I might not know where they came out. I used to score gymnastics meets. It's like I I'm, don't know who won. The whole world knows where those athletes are on the field of play. I know them off the field of play. So with me, they're just my kids. So I, I don't even think about a sport or coaching. It. I love watching them all because I know the stories behind them. Sorry for a non-answer on that one, but <laughs> it's just a it's truthful okay. answer. <laughs> it's like, how did you – I had a story once of um, an athlete. I watched him, a gymnast, and I went, wow, you, you really did good. And he looked at me and said, worst competition I ever had. And I went, oh, okay, sorry. So the next time I saw him, I went, oh, you bobbled a little on that. He looked at me and he said, that was my best uh, routine ever. So I learned to step away. I did the same thing with my son when he was in gymnastics. When he made the little all-star team, I was just shocked because I just enjoy those moments they're spending growing and sharing times with other kids. So, um, yeah, I'm not competitive, <laughs> although everyone here is competitive. <laughs> it's probably a good thing. Um, yeah, and that, that is a good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, lastly, what's your favorite Olympic souvenir? Uh, probably my... Two, two of them. Number one is the rings that you get. For, when you're staff at the games, you do get a ring. You can buy a ring from those games. And the nice thing, it's entirely different than the uh, rings that the athletes get. It always should be. They should have that moment in time and that treasure that nobody else has. I love the rings that I have bought for every one of the um, games I've gone to. The other one that was just brought me to tears was a while back at my 20th anniversary and we get a, a torch, which is very, very exciting. But one of our staff members came in and they, she handed me the phone and it was Alana Myers, uh, who in, uh, in Pyeongchang had won a silver medal in uh, bobsled. And she and her husband, Nick, who was uh, a um, bobsled athlete, were saying how much they appreciated me and congratulations and said, turn around. And when they turned around, they had gotten me a Sochi medal like she'd won, and that was really cool. Oh, wow. That's Don't mind amazing. me. I'm just yeah. No, we're going to cry now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was very emotional. That's beautiful. Wow. Well, Sherry, thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much, Sherry. I got to say, when you listened to this again, did you get all teary? I did. I did. I mean, I really I got a little emotional over that Sochi medal. I know. <laughs> but what really struck me was, even as a team mom, she told us to eat our vegetables. <laughs> like, have your kale, have your tofu. Have, it's like, healthy eating? Seriously, mom? I want my sprinkles. Oh, she's so much fun. 
and and I think Timiose is very lucky to have her. I would Absolutely. be I would be interested to know if other counterparts or if there are other counterparts like her in the world. Like does huh. Team Canada have have that at their place? Do you know, do other National Olympic committees have major training centers where they have somebody who coordinates athlete services like that and is like a de facto parent? We'll have to ask when we talk to some of the other international athletes. We'll have to tuck that away. Yeah, right. And and Michael, Dr. Warren, our Kiwi connection, if you know what New Zealand does, let us know. They would yeah. tell you to eat your kiwi, not your vegetables. <laughs> All right. We have a small slice of our Team Olympic Fever update. I did hear from Sean Callahan about whether or not the debates had more security and he was in the middle of working. <laughs> so he said he said it was tough to tell, mainly because of size and scale of each event. So, you know, a debate you're talking about one venue one but a lot of very important people versus an an Olympics where you're trying to secure Multiple a very venues. large area, yes. multiple venues, m- many more people who could be targets. Right. You know, because do they target the athletes? Are they going to target the diplomats and the mm-hmm. yeah, politicians a lot of, yeah. and the stars mm-hmm. and the celebrities that are there? So that's but it was in- complicated. It is complicated. And it was interesting to hear kind of that and, and put that thought in your brain. So. But even that he said it's tough to tell means that both are difficult. (laughs) Probably, probably. And you found out an important detail that's been nagging at you for a long time. Our Team Olympic Fever bobsledder, who won a silver medal at Pyeongchang, Lauren Gibbs, named her medal Geraldine. I love it. (laughs) I don't know why it's Geraldine, but... She was showing how she cleans her metal. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, I'm keeping Geraldine nice and shiny. I love it. And I'm putting that on future lightning round questions that we, when we have medalists on. I think we should did ask. They name, did they name their medal? I think we should ask. that. Yeah. So, and Geraldine did look very shiny. Oh, that's good. <laughs> All right. Speaking of medalists, our final lightning round for today is our Team Olympic Fever diver. Laura Wilkinson. Laura's uh, still working very hard to get back into diving shape. It's fun to follow her on Twitter and Insta because she posts a lot of videos of her progress and she's working her way up the platforms and doing some, they're probably very simple dives on the international competitive scale, but it's really impressive how she's coming along. And she had mentioned she's going to be doing some television work. She taped it a TV show up in Canada, I believe, talking to athletes. So we'll be on the lookout for that. And maybe that's something we can see her at again. So take a listen to our uh, lightning round with Laura Wilkinson. Lightning round. All right. Last thing. We have a little lightning round that we ask all of our interviewees. And oh, I'm uh, nervous. <laughs> no, it's quick questions that, that we, okay. they're all the same. So, uh, and a lot easier than going off a 10 meter platform. <laughs> <laughs> they don't hurt. <laughs> all right. W- where do you keep your medal? Uh, it's actually right behind me in my closet. <laughs> but now I'm going to have to move it. Now that you know, I'm going to have to move it. It's in an old CD case. <laughs> it's nice, though. It's nicely hidden. 
Yes. What is your first memory of watching the Olympics? Probably the Mary Lou perfect 10 vault. Like I definitely remember watching gymnastics at that games. And I remember watching diving in like 88 too, but not ever thinking that was something I could do for some reason. Interesting. What What's your favorite training exercise? Oh, I love abs. Core is a big part of our thing. So I love stuff where you hang from the rack and you do pike ups and stuff like that. I, I love abs. And uh, honestly, if you have not seen her Insta feed, I have to go and do abs after this, to be quite honest, because you have amazing abs. Laura Wilkinson is complaining about putting on a bathing suit because she's old and fat. I'm like, I was not in shape. I'm just going to let you know that I did gain weight. That does happen to athletes, too. What Olympic sport would you do or coach other than your own? Well, you know, I mean, obviously I love gymnastics, but I always thought it'd be cool to play beach volleyball. I always thought that would be so fun. I mean, they're on the beach, they're by the water and volleyball is just awesome. I thought that would be great. And then last, what is your favorite Olympic souvenir besides your medal? Probably clothes I've traded with other athletes because they're like at the end of the Olympics, like when everybody's done competing and you've, you've finished the closing ceremonies, everybody's trading their stuff. And so I've gotten a lot of cool gifts that way from from other countries. And, and those are always the fun things when you're wearing like stuff from Australia or Italy or, you know, it's just it's just really cool. Excellent. Well, Laura, thank you so much. We would like to officially welcome you to Team Olympic Fever. It is our little group of people we interview, and then we root for them and cheer for them in all in their endeavors. All right, thank you so much, Laura. I I I have to say, I did do some abs last night <laughs> after listening to her. I'm like, well, Laura does abs. I gotta do some sit ups. I had forgotten that she was in her closet when we talked to her. <laughs> you know, the glamorous world of podcasting. Sometimes we're under blankets. Sometimes mm-hmm. we we hide in closets just for sound quality. Right. <laughs> so thank you so much, Laura. Hey, don't forget that next week is book club. And we will have book club Claire back on to for our discussion of Making Waves by Shirley Babishoff, which is about the two-time Olympic swimmer's career and how she had to compete against the East German doping machine. And it's really interesting because with if the East Germans hadn't been doping, she would have been a household name. You would Absolutely. know Mark Spitz and Shirley Babishoff in the same breath because she was such a powerful swimmer. So you can get our your copy of the book through Amazon, which there's a link at our website, olimfever.com. And if you shop through our website, we get a little commission from your purchases, which supports the show. I'm excited. It's been an interesting book from a historical perspective. So Because uh, it's just before I remember it, it is but it's also like for me since I was an age group swimmer there's little tidbits in there that I know like she threw out there Doc Councilman who was the longtime coach at Indiana University and I went to I went to his swim camp oh, oh yeah. that's interesting yeah yes yeah, so. yeah so I'll be I'm excited to talk about it because you so, know so much about that sport mm-hmm. so I'm curious to see what you're take is on some of those things yeah so on that note we will wrap it up for this week and we'll catch you back here next week for more olympic stories thank you so much for listening and until next time keep the flame alive stay in touch email us at olymfever at gmail.com that's o-l-y-m fever at gmail 
You can also leave us a voicemail at 530-763-3837. That's 530-70-FEVER. We're on Twitter at Fever, and you can join in the conversation at our Facebook group, Olympic Fever Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep the flame alive. Boom, 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 <laughs> boom. I'm a human firework. <laughs>